Hello and welcome to the All Terrain Podcast, brought to you by the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland. My name is Matt White and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way, they'll make four choices and answer four questions. My guest for this episode is Commissioner Anthony Cottrell. Along with his wife, Commissioner Gillian, they are the Salvation Army's territorial leaders for the United Kingdom with the Republic of Ireland Territory. With responsibility for more than 750 core and social work centres, as well as thousands of officers, members, lay staff and volunteers. What a pleasure it was to chat with Commissioner Anthony just a couple of weeks ago. So let's jump straight into that chat. Well, hello, Commissioner. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a delight to be with you. Thanks, Matt. We heard a little bit in the intro about what it is you do, your role, and just the huge number of core and centre and, and thousands of officers and members and all of that. But what about outside of that? I know you've, you've got a family, you've got kids and grandkids. What does life look like outside of the role? Yeah, I'm the uh, husband to Gillian, uh, who works alongside me, of course. I was going to say we have four boys. Actually, we have four men now. <laughs> um, Mark. Uh, David, Ben and Adam. Uh, three of those lads now are married with uh, their own kids. Prior to the lockdown and all the rest of it, we would have been wanting to spend as much time as we could with those guys. Mm. Mark, however, lives in Sweden, so uh, our opportunities to see him and Emma are pretty curtailed at the moment, as you could imagine. Yeah. And um, those who live much closer, uh, Ben and Dave, we don't see much more of them either at the moment, even though they're only a few miles down the road. I know. So... Uh, of course, that's, that's uh, you know, we're all living with those tensions and those frustrations at the moment. Yeah, and, and, and they are genuine tensions and frustrations, aren't they? Because I think the, uh, the reality of the situation we find ourselves in is that it's, so, it's been so easy, I guess, to take for granted you know, it's lovely to be close to people, particularly when you're a Salvation Army officer who travels and obviously um, at least a couple of your boys are officers as well, right? So there, there's there's always yeah. that sense of movement and travel. So when you're close, it, I think in a way when you're close, you almost take it for granted, like you sort of take for granted seeing the people just down the road. But this has kind of changed all of that for all of us, hasn't it? It's been yeah. quite an experience. And the reality, Matt, is is that in this period of lockdown, of course, we're not traveling. Um, mm. In the previous life, we were away a lot. So mm. the opportunities to see family and kids and indeed parents. So um, my dad um, lives on his own in um, South London and my mum is in a nursing home in South London. The opportunities to see them have stopped as well, even yeah. though we're at home like everybody else. Yeah. We're not traveling up and down the country. Yeah. Um, you know, doing weekends and all the rest of it. Yeah. So uh, life has become very different for us, actually, in terms of the family stuff. But that's that's how it is. That's same for everyone. Now, before we get started with the questions, we've got to make two of your choices here. So the first choice is, where are we walking on our hypothetical hike? We're going to walk along the banks of the River Thames. Yeah. Um, it's just at the end of our road, so it's not a, a great journey to get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll take a journey through um, some of the, uh, the sites of London. Wonderful. We've discovered that over the last few weeks, months, <laughs> we've discovered parts of London that most people will never ever have seen. Yeah. So, so we're gonna we're gonna go for a little walk around there. You're welcome to come. So, there's you and I. We're going. Who else is coming? So, you're allowed one living, one dead, one fictional. Who's joining us on the walk? Well, I'm gonna invite a guy that I met very briefly last year, and I I mean very briefly. I was at a, at a conference and uh, this guy came out of the cloakroom literally and walked towards me and I impulsively knew I had to go and shake his hand and say hello to him mm. and I was thrilled to do that but I would have loved to have gone for a very long walk with him. You might have heard of him, he's, he's by the name of David Attenborough. Wow. 
What a guy. Eh? Oh, really? amazing. And and just continues to be. It's not even just, you know, with someone like that, it, there's a temptation to think about what they've done, but what he's still doing is just remarkable. Great start. Uh, who is the dead companion on this journey? Again, I, I you know, this, it's a really good question. So who, who which of your dead heroes is going to come along with you? And, and of course, it could be a whole bunch of them. I, I, I toyed with so many, many people who've influenced me in lots of different ways. But I, I actually to go with uh, Ernest Shackleton, oh, wow, yeah. um, who was, was one of the polar explorers and uh, his, his story is, is immense. It, it actually ends up very sad for him, for him personally, but um, remarkable achievement that mm. Ernest Shackleton did. He, was, he wasn't the first, as you probably know, and listeners will probably know, he wasn't the first to get to the South Pole. Mm. Um, but he was certainly in that kind of a group of men mm. um, who were heading towards um, glory in that sense. Had horrendous uh, experience. Um, uh, again, after Amundsen, who was the first to get to the pole, um, after that, um, Shackleton uh, attempted to go from one side of Antarctica to the other via the South Pole. And um, their, their ship, Endurance, became icebound in the uh, in the ice flows and eventually the, the boat was crushed by the wooden boat of course was crushed and sank um they were on the um they took all their gear off of course and for some weeks so like stayed on the ice flows and then they made big decisions to um get try and get to elephant island which they did um the whole ship's crew that were left and then a small number of them, um, by Shackleton, led by Shackleton, took an open boat 830 miles across South Antarctic um, to South Georgia, where he was determined to be able to get help to bring these other guys back. Hurricane winds diverted them to the north of the island. And so they then had to trek and climb over South Georgia, 32 miles, <laughs> to get to the whaling station on the other side of South Georgia uh, to raise the alarm. Wow. Long, cutting a long story short, they um, they were able to get uh, get help and they got a, a boat to go and back to Elephant Island to go and get the guys who were, were shipwrecked. Wow. The, the, the leadership qualities to be able to do that, mm. um, absolutely phenomenal. I, I would just love to have a little wonder with him mm. and pick up some tips along the way. Mm. Amazing story. That really yeah. blows my mind. And finally, your fictional character. I'm going to show me age with this one as well, I think. Um, th this was one of my childhood heroes, mm. uh, but I recognise that some people today would have no idea who who I'm talking about when I say we're going to be joined by Roy of the Rovers. Wow. Okay. Absolute winner. Yeah. You know, and, um, I, you know, just would love to bask in his glory for a, for a little, <laughs> little wonder, you know, and, uh, find out how it was to, to always win the FA cup and win the league. And, uh, you know, never get sent off and all the rest yeah. of it. So I, I thought Roy would be a good guy to have. Good guy to have. Yeah, you are a football fan, aren't you? I know this because uh, some of our mutual friends I know like to give you a hard time. Maybe you could get Roy to give you a few tips for your Chelsea team. Maybe Roy could could give you some stuff you could pass on to Frank. Exactly. That might help you We out. could do with him, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> now, every guest here on the Old Train podcast answers the same four questions. So here's the first one. How do you face change? I think you've got to face it head on. I, I, I think that change you know, pardon the pun, is here to stay, you know. Um, we're living in a constantly changing world. 
and and change long before COVID and coronavirus, ch- change is is the norm. So um, in terms of facing up to it, you know, how how do we face it? I, I think we've got to recognise that it, this is this is this is normal. Um, that we don't live in a in a in a stable static um, environment or world anymore, and that things are constantly going to change. And I think one, if you win that battle in your head, it won't take you by surprise when when things are either being forced to change or of necessity you're feeling you have to influence change. Because I think that's the uh, that, that, that as I say becomes becomes the norm. But when you're heading into that change, you've got to hang on to the things that never change. And, uh, you know, for us as Christians, of course, that's, that's a no-brainer in terms of um, recognising that uh, God who changeth not, as we sometimes sing in some of the old hymns and, and the newer ones too, um, is right alongside of us. He, he is the one who stands walks sits right alongside of us so to anchor yourself to him uh, literally and to walk in step with him means that you know whatever we've got to face whether that's um, change which might be uh, gradual almost imperceptible or change that is drastic as you know being caught up in a, a sudden storm that's that's come or a a fire that's broken out that you, you're having to work your way through, um, you know, he, he's with us. And so I, I think as a matter of principle for us as, as believers, it's recognising, yeah, change is here to stay, as it were, but God is with us. He's Emmanuel and we mm-hmm. cling on to him and uh, are guided by him mm-hmm. through that change. And actually to, to, to kind of like influence the change where it's possible of course not always you can do that you know none of us have been able to you know influence um coronavirus particularly certainly not individually but we we anchor ourselves to the things which don't change and and i and i think i think i'm just thinking this through as i'm I'm saying it really you play by the rules you you, when change happens you know you you don't cut corners you you don't compromise you don't let your integrity be undermined and i guess thinking about the coronavirus stuff as we go through it we play by the rules in that sense we, we hold fast to to what the guidelines are and, and so forth I, I want to take you back so last february march time we're in the same building as many of the people listening to this podcast we're at the uh, youth and children's ministry conference and and then just a few weeks later the world completely transforms i, I guess for me I'm, I'm interested in your position then so you're you're sitting as the leader of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland, and and that change comes in the world. The coronavirus hits. Talk me through those first weeks and how you navigate, practically, spiritually, in your own life, in your role as the as the territorial leader. How did that work out? How did that work out for you in those moments? I've been asked this question in a slightly different way before, and and. Uh, you know what? What did I think immediately? And my my immediate thought was when it became apparent that this wasn't just something in China, that and this wasn't even um, something that was just going to be um, localized. Um, that that this was heading towards a pandemic. Uh, my first thoughts were, "Wow, this is going to be interesting." 
and then step back and say, okay, what are we going to do? Mm. And um, I think, you know, from a leadership, a leadership point of view, um, you're, you're, you're driven to um, a, a, a couple of immediate things. One is, as I was saying earlier, about anchoring yourself to the thing that doesn't change, that whatever it is going to be the case that I'm going to stick close to the Lord. And that, now that might sound very twee, um, but the reality of the situation was I got to stay close. We have got to stay close. Mm. The second thing was to get the right people around the table very, very quickly. And I'm blessed. Jill and I are blessed. I can't tell you how blessed we are to have quality leaders around us. Mm. And so moving it from a, an individual, which sometimes can be dangerous, to a corporate sense of what is what is God saying and what do we have to do? The, the burden immediately becomes shared. Um, so, so consequent to that, of course, we're having to then um, make a lot of decisions and, and pretty quickly. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure we didn't get all the right decisions at the right time. But I do think we got most of them right and in the right time. And we were prepared to be flexible and to change as the circumstances change. I, I, I don't know whether you remember, Matt, but, but in those early days, it, it was just horrendous in the sense that everything was changing. The, the rules, the regulations were still being formulated um, and they kept changing. And so being nimble and being able to respond and change as we went through, I, I think it, it is key. You, you can't hold a static, this is what we're going to do mm-hmm. and blow the rest of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of like aligning yourself to the wind mm-hmm. in a sailing place and, and capturing the direction of the, the flow. Right. But I say it again, making sure your sea anchors are out in order that you don't get blown out of the game completely. Mm. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it because I think for so many of us, anyone who's ever led anything there is always that sense of is this for me or is this for what or who I'm leading and I guess in in this moment what you're saying is that those two things really merged in a way that was very important because that sense of your personal conviction that what we need to do is anchor ourselves to God that was also what God was saying to the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland in that moment I guess so often it can feel like in that moment what you would have done is you know get practical how do we do this how do we get the press release out how do we make sure everyone knows what's the rules how do but actually it's it feels like before all of that your first instinct was we got to stay close to god on this yeah Uh, and in fact one of the team very quickly uh, we we set up what we we have parallel organizational structure when it comes to emergencies you know so things like we've been involved in in the past like um, bombings in london or major fire incidents you have the the gold silver and bronze command where the gold is kind of like the overview of everything silver is very operational and bronze is is on the ground literally so gold which i chaired and still do chair we met at 12 o'clock every day early weeks and months of the pandemic we prayed at 12 every day and someone came up with the line you know when the hands come together we all pray together mm. and, and we put that out across the territory mm. 
and many many people even today still do that at yeah. 12 we pray and that that corporate ownership yeah. of that anchoring has been a, a, literally a lifeline i think yeah. to us in terms of being together yeah. and yet keeping focused and remembering that god has this yeah. at times it might not seem like that and some of the scenarios we know that but that's the truth he is emmanuel he's we he's with us so we better stay with him mm. the, the next question that so often moves so flawlessly into in these four questions but is about how we move through suffering and i guess right now you will know i know people listening will know people who are in hospital people who have lost loved ones people for whom this huge change has led to great suffering how do you yourself move through suffering yeah, it's it's a really uh, interesting question and a hard a hard question, and 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 I don't think people really know how they're going to do it until they have to do it. The, the question implies that there will be suffering, and and I think I think that's the first thing that mm-hmm. that that some people are, are are disadvantaged Christians especially are disadvantaged when suffering comes because they think, why is this happening to me? You know, has God abandoned? Has God abandoned me? So they immediately have not only the crisis of the physical suffering, if that's what it is, mm-hmm. because of the accident or because of the abuse or because of the breakup or because of the pandemic. Um, that you're dealing with God. How could you let this happen to me? I, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. So people are having that kind of issue. So, so actually, I, I think. We win some battles before we even get to the suffering. Mm-hmm. Years, years and years ago, um, 1988, um, I, I found myself, along with a number of other Salvationists, in the in the small Scottish border town of Lockerbie, on the night that um, the Pan Am jumbo jet had disintegrated above the town. And and I can't tell you some of the things and some of the images that even come to my mind now. And I didn't intend to say this, but 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 literally walking into that horrendous suffering is helped by an understanding that this isn't about God abandoning us, but this is that God has always been preparing us for this. Mm. He, he makes it very clear in his word that there's going to be trouble. There's going to be tribulation. Mm. There is going to be floods. There's going to be fire. Mm. There is going to be bereavement. There is going to be sickness, mm. but I've promised to be with you. Mm. Now, if, if, if I've got that in my heart and my understanding um, it, it makes it possible for me as a as a Salvation Army officer, as a pastor, as a as a leader, to actually face up to all kinds of horrendous stuff. Mm. Um, Lockerbie being an example, but you know, walking into a, a, a ward on a hospital where there's a, someone who is literally on their way up, someone's been in a horrendous accident, mm. someone has been taken far far too early. I can face that knowing that God has been before he's behind and he's with and he's right in the midst of that he's right in the midst of this you know the thing about the coronavirus one of the the, the first things that uh, um, was suggested that we would do would be to put out a weekly well not a weekly to put out a video message to the territory mm. it has become a weekly thing since then but the first one was you know, Anthony, it would be really good if the leader could say something to the territory, and, and I did. And I, and I spoke about a number of things, about the things that don't change. A lot of things are changing, but the things that don't change, we, we hang on to. But that historically, Christians 
have always walked towards plague, have always walked towards pandemic and not run away from it. How is that possible to do that? It's, it's possible, I think, because I think William Booth got it. You know, when, I don't know if it's a true, uh, but the apocryphal story maybe, but it, it's a good story that, that he put a one-word message out to the whole world when the army couldn't afford too many letters on a, on a telegram. You know, others, that's what it was about. And, and, I, and I think for, for us, we're able to face such stuff because we know the calling upon our lives is to be with. It's a being with yeah. people especially when they're suffering, especially even if you don't know the words, even if there aren't any words, even when you have no answers, that we we can face it and be with those who are suffering. It's not easy, um, but that's the reality. I was reminded that in in the book, in, in Shire's book, which obviously these questions come from, um, but he, he writes about this and he says that his, being Jesus, only battle is the same as ours in this path, the path of suffering. To stay awake, to stay connected to the mystery and to use all our energy to proclaim God's love even in the midst of pain and conflict. Wow. Yeah, I wish I'd read that earlier because <laughs> that sums it up. Superb. That's it, right? It's <laughs> like even when you don't have the words, even when you're stepping into hell on earth, right? Even when you're stepping into that situation, the the Lockerbies, the Grenfells, the places that the Salvation Army have consistently always found themselves. Yeah. Sometimes all you can do is declare that even in this, God is still good, even if I don't get it. Uh, and and that just feels like such a yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really I'm really um I'm really grateful to you for sharing some of those personal stories as well because I think it's so easy sometimes for youth leaders, officers, pastors, people who lead ministries to to kind of almost detach themselves and be so caught up in the gold committee, like, you know, at the gold level. Yeah. But actually there is so much in the walking, in the being, in the in the being present in, which I think is incredibly important. And and that's that that I think is absolutely key, Matt, that that there, there might be some people who are, you know, in that place of suffering at the moment and and are thinking that he's been abandoned or they think that they're not worth anything because they've been dealt what might be seen to be a tough hand, mm. as it were. Um, and, and yet the reality is that in the midst of that, in the right in the midst of that, Jesus comes mm. he's with us in, in that. And that, that for me is... Ah, he's a he's a lifesaver, which is what Jesus does. <laughs> it's time to make another choice for the journey. We have a quick break from the questions. It's it's your third choice, which is uh, what's on the playlist. So if 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 Attenborough, if Shackleton, if Roy of the Rovers, if they all were talking about something else, and you had a few minutes just to put your headphones in, what's on the playlist? Okay, might be a shock to some people, but I think we're going to have a blast of Queen. Excellent. Going to have some of those great anthems yeah. as we walk along. We might need to just bring it down a little bit, and and we'd we'd go we'd go north, we'd go to Norway, and we'd go to uh, Greek. Well, we could have lots of Greek, but but probably we would have his piano concerto, um, which would be um, you know those three movements, just just stunning stuff. Mm. And um, I, I I often I just often find if I if I need to concentrate or I need to reflect if to be reflective, I just whack some some Gregan, and uh, mm. um, I find that very helpful. So all quite anthemic. Queen Greg, there's a kind of a there's a kind of a soaring nature to all of it, and, and probably the third one as well. I, I, you know, I'm really impressed, Matt. 
I, I don't know that word, but I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I might have made and, it up. <laughs> um, the, last, the last one will will kind of like add to that because I, I would have the um, mass bands of the guards playing Nimrod. One of the most moving things I, I ever hear, and I get, and I, I get to hear it now. Mm. I've, I've heard it for quite a few years now. Is at the uh, service of remembrance in Whitehall mm. when the when the mass bands play Nimrod. Mm. Um, you, you literally translated into another world mm. as you just let that music flow mm. flow over you. Mm. And uh, yeah. Bit of that would uh, would do as well, I think. Lovely, I like it a lot. Now, the third question for our walk is this: How do we receive joy? For, for, for me, the difference between joy and, and and happiness is sometimes a bit of a fine line. But 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 joy joy for me is a is a deep seated emotion and reality of the presence of Christ in in one's life. So for me, you know, I guess swing the question around is, is how do we receive Jesus? Um, and, and, and for me, that, that's, that's the key question. You know, we, we, we're told, and I hope we, we know that the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, um, which is love, um, is, is closely aligned with joy. And, and, it, and it comes from that, that deep-seated understanding and experience of the Spirit of God in in a, in a believer's life. So for me, joy is joy is is connected. It's connected, you know, staying with what we were saying earlier. It's staying with that anchor, mm. which means that even in the midst of some of the rubbish mm. and some of the challenge and some of the heartache and some of the headache and some of the suffering, is it possible to still experience joy? Yeah, I think it is. So it, it's keeping our hearts and our, our, our very lives placed in the hands of the one who, who is the joy bringer. Mm. He, he is the joy bringer. He, he, he brings joy. Mm. And as it happens, that sounds, as it happens, sounds a throwaway phrase, but as it happens, joy, we're told in uh, Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm. So I, I desperately want to make sure I'm receiving that joy, living in the joy because it's through the joy of the Lord that we're, we're enabled to be strong and therefore actually be able to do things that of our own strength we couldn't do <laughs> uh, or at least really struggle to do. Um, so I think that's a, a really good question. How, how, how do you receive joy? It, it's, it's allowing, for me, it's allowing the Spirit of God to keep filling me and um, that means I keep emptying of myself, of the things of myself, the sin that so easily trips me up and screws our lives over and all the rest of it. It's getting shot of that stuff deliberately, intentionally, um, asking him to wash us out and to cleanse us, to purify us, and then to bless us with his presence, with an infilling or an anointing of his Holy Spirit upon our lives. That's a joyful experience. It's a wonderful experience. I'm really interested in what you said about the joy of the Lord being our strength. I guess for many people, the the idea is that dedication, discipline, turning up, faithfully following, they're sort of the groundwork and then joy is like the icing on top. But that's not what that passage infers, is it? That that passage tells us that joy is not the kind of the, the bit at the end of it all when you've done all your stuff. It's it's like you said, you can't joy is what lets you do the thing you could not do in your own strength. 
and, and joy should be the thing which um, I, I hesitate to say this because there might be some people who might take this the wrong way. But joy facilitates the duty. If, if there is a duty, um, by that I must clarify, by that I mean not being on Salvation Army duty, I mean about doing the dutiful things, being obedient mm -hmm. to God. It's, it's the joy of service, uh, the joy of his presence, which um, should drive us and facilitate us, even if the things we have to do are not particularly, you know, glamorous Royal the Rover stuff. You know, it's it's the kit boys, it's the guys who've got to clean the boots, the ones who are cleaning the shoes. It's it's the it's the you know the, the keeping people safe in the coronavirus time and doing the risk assessments and doing the cleaning. Um, it, it's all of that stuff that, that is done with a spirit of joy because I'm doing it un, unto the Lord because of him mm. driving his presence and his power within me, which which seeks to glorify him in whatever it is I'm, I'm asked to turn my hand to. Mm. I, 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 we've stumbled on something there, that uh, joy is by its very nature because it's, you know, the old primary song, of the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Mm. It, it's not the icing on the cake. It's deep down within us, which sustains us. Yeah and facilitates us to be strong in him and of course comes from like you've so brilliantly said it comes from him and therefore if you are rooted and anchored in jesus then joy comes from that and then what flows from that is founded in joy it's like there's such a i, I mean we're making it sound yeah. very easy sitting here on a tuesday evening on a zoom call but and it obviously it isn't but yeah. actually there is a simplicity yeah. to it that perhaps gets overlooked that is if you are rooted and anchored in, in Christ, then joy comes from that. And then that joy facilitates us into that duty, into that whatever is next, into service. We overcomplicate it. You're absolutely mm. right. Of course, the Salvation Army was known for its joy. There is joy, joy, joy in the Salvation Army. Tell me where you see that in 2020 and 2021. Where do you see joy in the Salvation Army right now? It's mostly on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I see it. I see it in a whole bunch of places. I see it in the food banks. I see it in the parent and toddler groups. I, I, I see it um, when there's people from different ethnic backgrounds who come together and who feel free in their worship to be able to offer to God their individual, but their, their corporate thanks mm. being to God. You know, I, I, I see it when I know that there are salvationists and uh, so many other people of course as well who, who are even despite the the, the the lockdown and stuff that they're looking out for their neighbors that they are giving of their service yeah. and, and in actual fact I, I think there's been a revelation in this time which has moved away from come on, we need to be honest so, sometimes we've 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 kind of enjoyed if i could use that phrase the fact that the salvation army has good reputation and does good stuff in the name of jesus but really, it's about us as individuals. And I see real joy when I see individuals realizing, hey, I don't, I don't have to do this corporately. I need to do it 
individually. I need to do it in my classroom. I need to do it in my place of work. And I certainly need to do it with my neighbours. I need to look out for them and I need to share the joy. Yeah. And I think what's happened, you know, e even some of the uh, bandos who, who and greatly respect them, um, you know, who, who over the, well, over Christmas, but other times of year, at the end of their drives, playing on their own, yeah. blessing their communities. Yeah. That gives me great joy. Yes. We don't have to be in a great band to go and do that. We can go and do that. And, and I'm not saying that, that that's the only way to do it. It's about understanding I've got a responsibility to share this with the whosoever, mm. not just through the Salvation Army, yes. but through the networks and through the friendship groups mm. and the, the people that I may not be friendly with, but I have connection with. Mm. How can we bless them? Mm. That, that's, that's where I see joy. And I, and I see a new sense of Salvation Army mission and purpose being rediscovered mm. because we're at our best when we are scattered rather than when we're gathered and then doing army things. Mm. We're, we're at our best when we're doing army things, Christian things, mm loving things, mm -hmm. joyful things, mm -hmm. when we're in our families and when we are uh, with our neighbours. And when I see that happening, it gives me it gives me great joy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this this last year, when I think of people who have done, you know, I think about Clap for Carers, how many Salvationists were standing out there either playing Summer yeah. Over the Rainbow or playing hymn tunes or playing people's favourite songs. When I think about that stuff that you said about at Christmas, when I think about some of the guys online, some of the men and women from the Salvation Army who are online, you know, week yeah. in, day in, providing some of that musical ministry. And look, it, it's not just about music. I'm seeing people writing great blogs. I'm seeing people offering devotions. I'm seeing people, you know, offering just to open a Zoom chat and talk to people. Yeah. I'm seeing people giving their name. All of it, but all of it suddenly becomes, like you talked about, all of this time was was actually the training for this moment. It's allowing yeah. people to be creative and to step out and to do new things. And look, you know, I'm, I'm no longer part of a Salvation Army band, but I got to tell you, there are a lot of euphonium players in this country. I owe a lot to in this lockdown because some of the stuff that our, our, our great musicians from the Salvation Army are putting online, is just really impacting people. It's the simple melodies. It's beautiful hymn tunes. It's words that go with them. There are, there are really wonderful creative things happening. And, and I, I, I totally agree. Great joy. Wonderful. Two we were meant to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that is it. That's exactly it. Trying new things, pushing boundaries, going to new places that in this moment, there's another way to do it, right? Like there's another way, another path, another, and, and it's bringing joy to even more people, which I think is wonderful. Final choice and final question. So the last choice, it's a very important one. What's in our snack bag? You notice I say our, our snack bag, because it's shared. You want me to share it with you? It's not even a want, it's a rule. It's one of the, you said we had to play by the rules and it is a rule that has to be shared with me. Well, you, you, you may not be impressed with this. I'm very happy just to take some ham sandwiches, uh, some piccalilli. That would keep me going for a little while, keep away from a lot of other people. And uh, there'd be a couple, well, I'd better take a handful of Mars bars, some salt and vinegar crisps and um, some grapes maybe and some uh, some tangerines, something like that, yeah. just to give us a bit of a classic cultural pat lunch. Simple enjoy you can keep the pickle league sandwiches i'll leave you to those you can have those to yourself but i'll have the chris and the mars bars and some of the fruit i'll have a bit of fruit just to make myself feel better my ploy will work <laughs> excellent i'm glad <laughs> so the final question uh, is this how do we mature in service well I, I i i think you just keep doing what what god's asked you to do i, I don't think you can sit down and say right i'm going to mature today and i've got a strategic plan to ensure that by 2022 I, I, I will have matured 
I mean, whoever did that about their physicality, I mean, I suppose some people, bodybuilders and all the rest of it might do it, but for the for most of us, it, it's 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 natural growth. So how, how do we mature? You keep on keeping on. You keep holding, holding on. You keep walking, walking on. And uh, as you do that, you, I think, um, if I could pull the strands together, um, you get stronger mm. and you get stronger with that joy joy within you. Mm. So I think it's a, it's a word about maturity comes mm. of of um, keeping keeping on. Mm. I think it's as simple as that. Mm. Um, and, and as we and as we do that, I don't think anyone notices that they're growing. you know as a kid, you know you know when the relatives come, it's the, it's the standard thing oh haven't you grown? We never notice it ourselves. In truth, I don't think I, I certainly haven't noticed it anyway. Uh, sometimes I think I'm regressing, if I'm honest. But um, uh, in maturity, I, I think that um, I, I think that um, you just you just keep doing what you've been asked mm. you asking to do. Uh, you keep feeding yourself. You keep exercising yourself physically, spiritually. I'm talking about, of course, and you keep doing the right things. Mm. And then leave the rest to God. Mm. And um, maybe maturity just comes like so many good things. You and uh, your wife have been Salvation Army officers for nearly 37 years. Am I right? Is my maths correct? Did I get that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 So you, you take on this role in 2019. 2020 comes along. In terms of your service where you've been, how does this past nine months to a year, how does this compare? or how does this rate or how do you reflect on this particular moment in comparison to the other 35 years that have gone before i'm, I'm pausing um just, just because i'm thinking back mm. um every appointment we've ever had has always felt beyond me uh always felt beyond what i could possibly do uh, and be quite fr- if i'm honest with you any of the appointments and in each of those appointments and each of those experiences uh, we'll kind of like push to the limit in terms of our own resources and our own experience. Mm. Um, so coming into coming into this role, part of me which would say it's the same old, same old, because I, I could never see myself being able to do this. Mm. <laughs> I could never see myself um, thriving, mm. let alone uh, even surviving. But the reality is, is, is that this has been an incredibly hard last year without any shadow of doubt. There's been nobody that you can pick the phone up and say, what do we do now? Mm. In all the other circumstances Mm. that we found, and we've had some pretty tough, very joyful, Mm. by the way, but some very tough times, there's always been people around who who would be say, yeah, we've, we've been there, we've mm. done that, we know exactly how you mm. feel, and, mm. you know, if you do this, you do that, and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. There is, there, there is no guidebook, there is no <laughs> uh, training that, that for any of us to, yeah. to come into this. So it's been incredibly difficult as everything has changed. Mm. But on reflection, God has blessed us. Uh, and I say us, he's blessed Jill and I, but he, he's blessed the army despite all of this, all these grave difficulties, he, as we were saying earlier, you know, he's, he's opened new opportunities. Um, for certain, um, for certain, God didn't send coronavirus, but like everything, he always, always brings good out of evil. He always brings good out of out of bad, you know. And, and the fact that quite literally now, um, there's a ministry 
that uh, is is far beyond anything any of us could have ever expected. You know, when I, when I think that the carol service from the Royal Albert Hall, um, the latest figures I saw um, had reached three quarters of a million people. Wow! And I'm privileged to to say a word into into that mm. congregation. Mm. You know, and and so you know, God God blessing mm. upon us in times of challenge and difficulty personally and corporately mm. absolutely immense mm. so in answer to your question it's it, it's been it's been tough but my goodness hasn't it been blessed and what pleasurable responsibilities and opportunities have, have opened to Jill and I but to the army right across the board absolutely amazing mm. put it all down to god mm. give him all the glory mm. and all the praise mm. and lord you know we go on being obedient could we go on holding your hand and being led by you sometimes i say to people you know if you've got a final thing you'd want to say but i feel like that's the final thing to say right it's like we give the glory to god yeah. and we allow him to guide us into what comes next that, yeah that's got to be that's got to be a prophetic word for, for the movement that you lead in this particular part of the world, for any of us who follow Jesus in any part of the world. That's got to be a, a word for this next year, right, into whatever comes next. I think that's just a, a really wonderful way to finish. Thank you. Matt, it's been really good to walk with you. Well, Commissioner, I want to say thank you to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Joy. Real joy. This has been a really difficult year in many ways, and I, and I hope that alongside all of that, I hope that you're being encouraged. I hope that you, you recognize how many people are praying for you and holding yourself and Jillian up in this moment as, as leaders. And I hope you recognize just how um, loved and valued you are as leaders as well. And, and, and that's also my hint to people listening that if you're not doing that, you should be. To hear you share that story of being so anchored in God that that is what is guided. I really think that's going to be a really helpful thing for people in this moment. Thank you, Matt. Well, I don't know about you, but I find that conversation just incredibly inspiring and really moving, actually, to be part of with Commissioner Anthony. And I want to say another huge thank you to him for taking the time out of his busy schedule to come and join us here on the podcast. That's it for this episode, but don't forget to share the podcast across your social media channels. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you could give the show a rating or write us a review. And you can also now access our brilliant sketch notes and small group questions that accompany each episode. Just search for the All Terrain Podcast or click the link in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time with another guest who'll be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing their wisdom learned along the way on the All Terrain Podcast. 